This is Countdown to the Grey Cup with Bill Kelly, delivered by Purolator on the Ticats Audio Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Countdown to the Grey Cup, delivered by Purolator. I'm your host, Bill Kelly. Uh, lots to talk about, of course, as we uh, move closer and closer to the Grey Cup, which is coming up, of course, in Tim Horton Field uh, in November. And uh, we've talked about some of the entertainment, which is going to be a great to carry Underwood and so many other great acts, uh, including Green Day. But that's the musical part of this. But uh, what's not lost on us here is uh, it's a football game. And it's also a celebration of Canadian football, as it is every year. And uh, there are a couple of events that are going to be happening during the festival that I wanted to bring attention to, including uh, the, uh, the luncheon, uh, the alumni luncheon that is held every year as part of the Great Cup festivities. And uh, joining us to talk about this is our good friend Leo Ezrins, uh, who, of course, is the uh, president of the CFL Alumni Association. Uh, Leo, good to have you on. Thanks so much for making some time for us today. Well, uh, Bill, always good to, uh, <coughs> good to see you, and congratulations on your career transition. And uh, you're doing a great job, and it sounds like you're having some fun with it. So that's, I'm that's having all. a blast. I'm having a blast. Uh, you know, well, you and I know. I mean, foot, the black and gold blood flows in the veins for people that are football fans in this area. So it's been a, a real pleasure to be able to do this. <clears throat> Quick history story. Uh, years and years ago, and you remember this, of course, Leo, uh, we had a fundraiser for Ange Mosca, our dear friend, uh, after he was yeah. diagnosed and there were some concerns. And one of the things that the Alumni Association put up there to try to raise money for uh, for the research into, into that dreaded disease uh, was a trip to Mon Winnipeg that year for the Grey Cup. Right. And uh, my, my darling wife, Rebecca, uh, won the bid, and off we were to Winnipeg. And, uh, of course, to the game, of course. And, but also, uh, we got tickets for the Alumni Association luncheon. Now, that was the first time I'd been. I'd been to other Grey Cups, but hadn't taken part in that. Uh, it was the highlight, one of the highlights of, of the whole week for me. It's It's just... An incredible experience. Uh, you know the, the 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 whole essence of football and Canadian football is there, and uh, I'm looking forward to it this year. And uh, I, would get, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about it because I know you guys at the Alumni Association put an awful lot of work into this. Talk to us about the event itself. Well, first off, I want to mention it's a partnership between the uh, TICAT uh, Alumni Association and the Canadian Football League Alumni Association. <clears throat> we try to do that in every community or partner up for the event because it's uh, ob obviously important to engage the, uh, the our associations as well as this year Hamilton Sports Group uh, is partnered with us as well to give us uh, uh, that kind of you know the, the, the higher level support from festival and appreciate Matt Affneck and Jerry Fonzo and those folks over there to uh, to get to uh, partner with us and uh, you know, we always we always try to make it the uh, the best event ever. So the, the event itself, it's like you said. It, you know, the idea is to keep up the traditions of the CFL. Sometimes that gets lost. So there's a, there's quite a, a a range of alumni there, from recently retired alumni to you know guys who've been out for a while. And we try to engage as many alumni in, into the uh, to the event as possible. Uh, it, be, it begins with uh, <clears throat> our MC Dwayne Ford. Let me let me ask you about that, Leo, uh, because I know one of the awards that you hand out is the Indigenous Champions Award. Talk to us about that. Well, it was really created a couple of years ago. It started here in Hamilton, twenty twenty one, and keeping in a th keeping with the theme of diversity and truth and reconciliation, we thought very appropriate. Mm -hmm. to honor the, those uh, former uh, 
honor those within the indigenous community, whether they were a ball player or not, you know, so it's just a way of honoring uh, the folks. This year's award recipient uh, is John McDonald, and those familiar with John, John probably saw John on the 30th, he was recognized for uh, uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day. Yeah. So, uh, so it's it's becoming more and more a part of our of our event, and I think it's only appropriate that we do that. The other element I want to bring up to people, because I want everybody who can do, attend to get a ticket and be there. Uh, it's not just reminiscing about the good old days. It's talking about the league now. I mean, you, you're a voice at the table when it talks about the future of Canadian football, too. There's, there's an important role for the alumni, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Randy Ambrose is always in attendance. We have a good working relationship yeah. with uh, the league office. Uh, this year, the CFLPA has been able to juggle their schedule, and it's incredible. I just, you know, yesterday I just found out how busy the PA is. You know, the current players are... Uh, Busy, you know how busy they are during Grey Cup, but we'll have a you know, contingent of uh, you know twenty twenty five uh, players association members that'll be here in town, current players and, and alumni within that as well. So the family is growing, uh, you know, and so the conversations become better and the stories become better, and you know I like to say you never know what's going to happen at uh, yeah. at one of our events at any time. This, and there's more, much more to this, too. I mean, we've talked about some of the highlights of the luncheon, uh, but there's some things that are going to happen that we don't even know about yet. It's kind of a spontaneous thing at the same time uh, because of, of what's going on there. Uh, congratulations once again to you and Rocky for this, this honor, uh, sharing the Alumnus of Distinction Award for this year. A very well-deserved. Uh, I know an awful lot about the work that you and, and Rocky do uh, in the community, and uh, it's one of the high points, I think, of this luncheon. Uh, the date, once again, is going to be the Friday of Grey Cup weekend, November 17th, at uh, Leuna Station. Starts at 11 o'clock in the morning. Get your tickets now because one of these things where as we get closer to the event uh, people are going to say yeah I'd like to go and I, we don't want to say sorry it's sold out actually you kind of do because you want it to be sold out but, but be included in that number because it's going to be a lot of fun uh, Leo I, I listen if we had another couple of hours I'd want to reminisce with you too about some of the great cups that you took part in you mentioned the 86 great cup and you and Rocky and so many other great players uh, were a part of that and uh, we'll, we'll have to pick up on that a little bit later on as we get closer uh, to the date but thank you so much for spending some time He's been. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> this this year's team is very much like that that team in '86. Nobody gave us, a, you know, we didn't have a chance. I'm, I'm not going to say nobody gave us a shot, but uh, it was scramble time at the end of the season. We peaked at the right time. Uh, came out of nowhere, uh, beat Toronto, who had dominated the East that year, and then we went into the Grey Cup when. Nobody gave us a chance uh, against Edmonton because Edmonton was fourteen and two. Yeah, and, and beat you twice and, that year. Yeah, and yeah, and soundly twice that year, right? So it, it it really does feel like that. I mean, the energy, the you know, the current team, and that's going to be helpful. I think we're, there's a lot more hope around than there was a couple of weeks ago. I mean, well, we're in the we're in the playoffs, and you never know what can happen once you're in the playoffs. Well, exactly, as you guys proved. I mean, even as you say, uh, getting to the Eastern Final that year in 86, they didn't give you a chance against the Argos. 
and, no. and you 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 whoop them as they say in the, in sports parlance, and of course the Great Cup himself. Three Hall of Fame quarterbacks on that Edmonton roster that year. Uh, yeah. All three of them got into the game, and all three of them spent the better part of the afternoon sitting on their bums in the backfield after you right. guys knocked them down. Fifteen sacks. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the boys up front were were hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so those three guys were Dominic Hinn, uh, Dominic Hinn, Damon Allen, and Tracy Ham. Tracy Ham, yeah. Three three Hall of Famers, if you can believe. It. <laughs> <laughs> and and a big fumble recovery, by the way, which started the uh, the onslaught that you made, of course, at the early in that game too. Leo, as always, thanks so much for this. Uh, this is uh, a, a great event that's going to be happening. The the, the Legends Luncheon. Uh, and if you want to get more details about this, uh, go to greatcupfestival.ca. It's all on the webpage there with all the details. Thanks for uh, listening to us for the uh, countdown to the Great Cup. By the way, if you want to pick this up, talk to your friends and your fans about this as well. Uh, the TICAT Audio Network is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your, your information and your podcasts. Uh, as always, Leo, thanks so much for this. We'll talk again soon, okay? I, well, I hope so, Bill. All the best. And thanks for having me on. And to you, too. And that wraps up the edition of uh, Countdown to the Great Cup. I'm your host, Bill Kelly, brought to you by Pure Later. Until next time, let's go, Cats. Let's go, CFL. Talk soon. Bye. Second and five. Joseph in the pocket. Crossing road. Van Toos reaching. Grabs it. Breaks a tackle. Heading for the goal line. Touchdown. Saskatchewan. It's what Andy Fantuz does at the end of the row. At the top of the corner here, he's going one-on-one on Chip Cox. Good run to get to that outside. Watch him take a step back to the football and separate himself from the defender. And then it's all just second effort to pick up extra yards. A lot of movement. Durant into the end zone. Touchdown. Andy Fantuz. Down Saskatchewan at midfield. Play action. The outlet pass to Andy Fantuz. Cam Hall rides him to the turf. But the big kid from Chatham, Ontario, will have a Saskatchewan first down. The outstanding Canadian in this game, Andy Fantuz, the pride of Chatham, Ontario, the University of Western Ontario Mustang grad, and a heck frightened trophy winner as the most outstanding player in the CIS. Andy, you saved your best game for last. It was a hell of a game. We played great as a team, and uh, it's just so exciting to have the, to have the cup. Glad you're with us here on uh, Countdown to the Grey Cup. I'm her host, Bill Kelly. Of course, this is brought to you, delivered to you, I guess we should more appropriately say, by Pure Later. Uh, one of the fun parts about doing this show is is talking with some of the all-time greats from past Grey Cups and some of their accomplishments and some of their memories as we head towards the Grey Cup here at uh, Tim Horton Field. And to that end, we are so pleased to welcome our next guest to the program. He is a uh, Grey Cup champion uh, from a couple of years ago. We're going to talk about that game. Andy Fantuz, one of the all-time great Tiger Cats, is with us. Andy, thanks so much for joining us on the program today. No, it's my pleasure, Bill. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to chat some uh, Grey Cup and looking forward to what's to come in the next, what, six, seven weeks? Oh, uh, listen, well, we know about the entertainment aspect of it, and, and there's some more announcements to be made on that, by the way. But the other element is uh, who's going to play in the game? And that that's very much up in the air right now, isn't it? 
It, it sure is. I mean, there's some front runners. Uh, we all know that um, the teams that have seemed to be sort of a tier above everyone else. But the there's a few teams, including our hometown Cats, that seem to be catching fire at the right time. So I think uh, I think there's a bunch of teams that are dangerous. And uh, once you make it to the dance, it's it's anybody's game. You know that. Well, we've seen that happen. Uh, as we talked about the 86 team uh, that won that decisive victory over Edmonton, uh, they finished uh, with an 8-6-1 record, I think it was. Nobody gave them a chance to even beat Montreal in the playoff, let alone the Argos, and they did. So it's just Canadian football, right? And anything can happen. Uh, you've had a, a fabulous career, of course, and, and the, the, the fabulousness of it, I guess, uh, really started even in minor football. Uh, when you were growing up, you, you had some success there. Uh, I saw you and a number of other people saw you, of course, playing at, uh, at Western. Uh, you had an incredible career there. You're a heck great and trophy winner. Uh, so you've been to big games, Andy. You've been to championship games. Uh, when you finally turned pro with the Riders, uh, and you started going down that gr- incredible season that you guys had uh, in that, that particular year when you won the Grey Cup. Was it different? I mean, you, championship games are, are big stuff no matter what, but, I mean, you've been down that road at whatever level you were at. Was this just, uh, I, it sounds silly to say, just another championship game? Or was <laughs> this the Grey Cup? Holy mackerel, what am I doing here? Oh, it was it was way different for me, uh, honestly. That year... Um, our team kind of started off slow, but, but we, we caught fire at the right time. I think it was right around Labor Day where we sort of uh, had, a, had an adjustment in, internally with, with, uh, in our locker room, and we, we went on a tear from there. And I think we ended up 12-6 and six that season, uh, which was good for second place. And we barely squeaked by, by Calgary in the semifinal, even though it was an exciting, uh, fun game. Like we, we played really well, but, but so, did, so did the Stamps. And then I remember going to BC for the West final and uh, it was a game where only Canadians scored the touchdowns, which was kind of cool. Myself, <laughs> Neil Hughes, Chris Zarka um, scored the touchdowns and, and of course, Kanji kicked the, kicked the kicks. So it was all Canadian scoring. And then we went out to um, Toronto to play against the, the uh, Blue Bombers. And it was actually Ryan Dinwiddie's first CFL start. Because Kevin Glenn got hurt in the, I in remember, the yeah uh, against the Argos, so we played the Bombers and and we were we were we were favorites going into that game because of how hot we were and of course because uh, they were playing their backup quarterback. Um, but it was a tight game and um, it was a defensive battle. And J- I remember James Johnson got three interceptions that game, good enough for MVP of the game. And uh, I, you know, I was exciting for me. Kerry uh, Joseph and I. Didn't connect on a few long passes that seemed to be there. Uh, we just couldn't get on the same page for part of the game, but ended up finishing strong and scoring a touchdown in the fourth quarter to kind of seal the game, which um, was just just over the moon for me, excitement level, uh, with a lot of family and my friends there. And, um, yeah, I, I remember the confetti coming down and having Jeremy O'Day and Scott Schultz and Gino, uh, Gene Mikowski raise that cup. Uh, on the field, it was just just wild. Um, what a party! And then going back to Saskatchewan and the parade in the in the, in the snow. Uh, it was, it, man, it seems like yesterday, but it was really 16 years ago. <laughs> uh, and by the way, you, you ended up uh, winning the most valuable Canadian in that playoff game. So I know you you mentioned that you and Kerry had some misconnections, but you ended up in pretty decent games. Uh, four catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Not a bad day's work. <laughs> Yeah, it, it worked out all right. Uh, 
And, and I talked about the Canadians. Actually, in that Grey Cup, we had three Canadian starting receivers too. Uh, myself, Michael Palmer, and uh, Corey Grant. So a um, lot of uh, just a, a special era and a special team to be part of. I, I know, you know, when you welcome your brothers, American, Canadian, wherever, we've got Aussies, we've got people from all over the world playing in the Canadian Football League now. But is there a bond with the Canadian players? Maybe unspoken? I mean, it, it's not, hey, we're different, but it's they're always kind of special. I remember talking about that 86 team and, and Leo Esbrins and, and, and uh, Dave Sove and, and Paulus Ballaston. And it's kind of like, yeah, you know, this is, this is our league, this is our country, and this is our championship. And it gets, it's a little more special maybe to them. Well, it seems like you, the Canadian players from across teams, um, there's a little more continuity in that, mm-hmm. I, I would think, just uh, based on, um, yeah, the players seem to play long for longer for one team uh, being nationals. So you get to know players uh, year after year and game after game from different teams, and, and you see them at events like the Grey Cup, or uh, I was part of the PA for a number of years as well, so... Um, typically that's majority Canadians as well, just again, because of, uh, security and, um, and, and longevity in, for certain teams. So uh, I, I would say there is a bit of that there and you're, you're, um, there's a little bit of competition, both, both in the, in the same team and against other teams against the Canadians, um, because there are certain starting spots that are normally delegated for um, or certain positions that are normally starting spots for Canadians. So you're kind of competing uh, against them. And uh, so it's, a, I would say yes, but I, uh, I would also at the same token, like a number of my best friends from my playing days are, are American as well. So it's uh, yes and no. <laughs> It's 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 kind of cool, and this has been th- something I think as long as the Canadian Football League has been in existence. Are the number of American players who come up here uh, and and have outstanding crews, and they stay here, they become part of that community, uh, and and just you know they they just get part of I guess so ingrained in what's going on, and and so so many great Tiger Cats have done the same thing, Ange Mosca and, and so many others over the years uh, that just now call Hamilton home uh, because of the experience up here right now, and in Saskatchewan I guess it's like that. It's just the whole province of Saskatchewan is just one big family, isn't it? I mean, just <laughs> the the camaraderie for the for the Ryder fans, and we see them all over the league. You know, there's a, the Riders are in Montreal, half the stands seem to be Ryder fans, and they can go to BC, and it's the same sort of thing. That that had to be kind of special to play out there. It, it was, it was for sure. And, and a guy like uh, George Reed is just one of the best examples of that um, came up and, and just became a legend in the community. And yeah, I was fortunate to play for two teams that, that have such a proud fan base and uh, that travel well. Uh, it, it couldn't have really asked for a better um, story for me personally. And I, like when we used to go to Calgary, for instance, a lot of Saskatchewan uh, Tonians are, I don't know what you call them, but uh, moved to Alberta and made a life there. So when we went there, it would be 50-50 crowd or, or if not more green than red. So it, it was very cool. But you talked about Hamilton, like you said, Angela Mosca, Les Brown. Like there's a number, a number of guys who who um, make a life in the city they played for, support the team throughout their lives. And uh, it's really special part of the game. 
Well, uh, Pete Diakowski, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them now that have done that. Uh, we've talked about the, the, the highs of Grey Cups, and you certainly had one when, when uh, you guys finally won the big game. Uh, I, I hate to bring this up, but we're talking about Grey Cup history. The year before that, I mean, you were in a number of Grey Cups, and, uh, but the one before that had to be one of the most heartbreaking football games you ever played because you thought you'd won. You didn't win, at the, as it turned out. Uh, and that Montreal, of course, there was a, a, too many men on the field. Was that, was that the call? Too many men on the field? And the field goal that should have won it for you was called back. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it actually was my – that was actually my second great cup. My first one was okay. the one I won. That yeah. was 2007. And then uh, my second one was 09. And we – 09, they, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, the Alouettes lined up to kick a field goal, a long one, and we had too many men on the field. And – so we were all running out on the field, and then there was a flag, and just a roller coaster of emotions. So they got they got the penalty, and uh, and Duval ended up hitting that kick. Um, we should they, mention he missed he missed the first one. He missed. So you the thought first that's it? We've won, you know? Yeah. And, well, and I mean, then then they they just yanked it away from you. Yeah. Well, he was the all star kicker that year, so it's oh yeah, he was it's not like yeah. it's not like we expected him to miss that kick. It was it was a little more disappointing that we had such a nice lead. In the fourth quarter, I think there was seven and a half minutes left, and we were up by 16 points. And we we couldn't really move the ball on offense, and we, we sort of played a little tentative on defense, more of a prevent. And and Anthony Calvillo was just picking us apart. And uh, and he did he, that a lot, though, to a lot of teams. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. And um, so that one was that one was just so heartbreaking. And that's not the only one I've been a part of that was uh, ended up like that. The year after that, we played Montreal, and we, again, we only lost by two points. Uh, that was more of a back and forth game, where it wasn't that roller coaster right at the end. But of course, in 2014, that was my fifth Grey Cup. Um, a similar situation happened when Brandon Banks ran the punt return back, and of course, penalty on the play. Not only did we go back 10 yards, but we also lost about 20 seconds on the clock, and, uh, and then it was just over from there. We ended up losing by a couple points. That's a wound that's never going to heal for Tiger Cat fans. But that's the, the old thing from uh, Wired World of Sports, that old TV show, you know, the, the ecstasy of victory and, the, and the, the awful feeling of defeat. And sometimes it's, you get highs and lows in these games too, and uh, you've just got to be able to put up with it. But that's what the Great Cup is all about. It's, it's a very emotional time. Uh, I remember talking with Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner, uh, two years ago when the game was at Tim Horton Field. And, and he was saying, I mean, he was a veteran, I guess, uh, you know, when he was playing – and he, he said, you know, you were there, you're waiting for the, uh, the the national anthem, and you're lined up there. And he says, you kind of tear up just a little bit, like I'm part of a really big day here today. And you, you, that's never lost on you, is it? it? Not at all. Not at all. I, I remember that first year, the, the, the veteran players saying, you know, enjoy. Even the coach, even Ken Austin, he, was, he said, you know, guys, enjoy the week. Take it in. Um, but no, remember why you're here, but don't don't let it pass you by. Don't just sit in your room the whole time. Um, trying to take some of it in and, and uh, you never know if you're going to get back here and and don't take it for granted and of course that was my first time ever getting to the great cup I won and then I ended up losing four after that and and um, that year we won one of the all-time greats Milt Stiegel for instance he had one of the best careers ever and never had a chance to, to lift that trophy and so uh, you definitely consider yourself fortunate just to just to get there um, and and a chance to win, you you want to soak it all in. That's for sure. And it, it is it is something special. It's a it's a tradition like no other, really. And uh, 
CFL fans, football fans kind of come from all over the country and even internationally, and they all bond over the Grey Cup. It doesn't matter what team you're a fan of when you go to the Grey Cup, uh, other than if you're in the game and you're, you know, you're going against the other team. But all other teams, they kind of bond together, and it's a really special event. So I think I've been to – I played in five, and I think I've been to 13 others um, since wow. I started. So it's been uh, been great to just be a fan, a player, uh, any and everywhere in between. But that's been the, your case all through your career, hasn't it? I mean, through football, through university as well. And you've won your share of international or, or, or individual awards, I mean, uh, and, and deservedly so. I mean, you've had an incredible career. Uh, but every athlete I talk to, they say, yeah, but the number one award we want is the championship. It, whether it's the Grey Cup, the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup, whatever the case might be. That this this is nice, but we're a team. And there's a there's a brotherhood on that team and in that locker room, isn't there? And you want to win the big one because everybody can share in that. Yeah, you're ne- they're never going to be able to take your name off the trophy. Uh, I'll always have my ring in the, in the nice box looking like shining bright and uh, get a chance to wear it once in a while. Uh, it, it's... It really is like you can always call yourself a champion and um, nobody can take that away from you, like you said. And, yeah, the individual awards are are nice, but they are really team awards and they just happen to be presented to an individual. But you would never have a chance to get any of those things without without the guys around you and without the organization. So um you try to share the, those individual awards with your team as much as possible but there's nothing like the the gray cup championship to to really share with the entire organization fans uh, community and of course the locker room itself well it's it's an atmosphere that seems to be just growing and growing here in the Hamilton area with each announcement about this. And as you say, with a couple of big wins by the Tiger Cats, uh, hope springs eternal that, hey, maybe we'll be back in this one. Uh, and we'll be watching for that over the next couple of weeks, of course. And and the pregame show, of course, because you are, of course, as well as being a Ticat alumni, are a part of the Ticat Audio Network. You and Bubba do the, the pregame shows and after that. And your analysis is always spot on with just about everything. So we look forward to that and uh, look forward to hopefully another Tiger Cat uh, appearance and maybe a victory this time. We hope so. It's been a while uh, in the Grey Cup coming up. As always, Andy, thank you so much for this. Great talking with you today. Hey, thanks, Bill. It's my pleasure. And I'm really looking forward to the coming weeks for the Cats. And uh, and then, of course, the Grey Cup, regardless of who's in it, is going to be really special for Ham- Hamilton and, and the CFL. Absolutely. Thanks again, Andy Fantuz. And uh, that's a wrap for this latest edition of Countdown to the Grey Cup, delivered by Pure Leader. By the way, if you want to catch the word about what's going on here, you can catch us uh, all over the place here on the Ticat Audio Network. We're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Bill Kelly. Oski wee wee.